This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by your K-Pop Sundays before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Old R, Min, and JR. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 7, also known as Episode 51 in total of our small K-Pop podcast. Today we will be looking at some of our favorite songs that have been censored or banned by Korean broadcasting entities. We will be discussing why they were controversial and what ultimately happened to these tracks. And before going into these songs, we want to acknowledge the fact that there does not seem to be a standard when it comes to censoring songs. One song with suggestive lyrics could be banned this week, but a similar sentiment in a different song will not be banned the following week. Do we agree with this? No. But it's something to keep in mind when looking up these songs. So, with further ado, Oldar, why won't you tell us your first pick of somewhat banned songs? <laughs> so, the first song I'd like to talk about is H.O.T.'s Nuktewa Yang, known as Wolf and Sheep, from 1997. It was the title track of their second album and got them in a lot of trouble. I will go into this more during the third episode of the H.O.T. project, but here's a quick summary. The song is a reaction to the Seoul National University Hospital Massacre that happened on June 25, 1950. This occurred at the beginning of the Korean War and involved North Korean soldiers brutally killing everyone inside the hospital. Estimates vary, but about a thousand people died. Wolf and Sheep is a hip-hop track that rages against the event and expresses grief over the lives that were lost from it. Understandably, there's a lot of emotion in the song that H.O.T. matched during their performances. However, a lot of people took issue with their appearance and lyrics. With their appearance during their earlier performances, you can see their dyed hair and striking accessories. Later, though, their stage costumes were toned down and their hair was either sprayed back to black or hidden by hats. As for their lyrics, there were some swear words in the song, so it ended up being banned by broadcast stations and eventually led to SM releasing a second version of the album, which apparently didn't have the controversial lyrics. With this one, I can kind of see where they're coming from, but I also think it's pretty laughable, like compared to what they got up to with Aya and Get It Up, this was so tame. It's like, this is gonna be the hill you die on? You're saying the content is tame compared to those two songs, but was the backlash similar between them? The backlash was very different because like by the time the fourth album one, HOT were pretty much on top and railroaded authorities. Two, <laughs> standards had been changed a bit, but even then, though, they still blew them off. <laughs> Three, they didn't get banned or have to come out with a censored album either, even though they straight up said stuff like, and I quote, from the roof type, I might snipe ya, unquote. Oh my gosh. So it's much more extreme. Right. So, and then my other question would be, did people think the styling was inappropriate given the content of the song? Honestly, from what I've been reading, people blew off the content of the song. People were more upset about how H.O.T. looked and that they used swear words than about a massacre. <laughs> and they mainly just like focused on, look at Hee-Joon, he's got pink slash purple hair. <gasps> Horrendous. <laughs> and in H.O.T.'s autobiography, Kongta really railed against this because it was supposed to come out on the anniversary of the event, like it was supposed to be on the day of, but it was delayed for a little bit because of Hee Joon's injury. Mm. 
But the problem was that people were more focusing on the idea of the performance than understanding, yes, this matches the subject of the performance. Right. Which, annoyingly enough, that still happens today. We have not changed yeah. much in that degree. And also, it's very uncommon to hear in K-pop, there's a lot of social critique and stuff like that. But it's very rare to hear one about North Korea, especially talking about like events that occurred between the two countries. But that's a story for another time. So, JR, what's your first song? Alrighty, my first song is by solo artist Dean, and he released Instagram on December 26, 2017. A few days later, on December 30th, he achieved a perfect all-kill for the song, proving its popularity. If you haven't heard it before, it's essentially about the emptiness a person feels while using social media, specifically Instagram, as that's the title. So this is one that I want to mention because from what I understand, Dean never actually meant to promote the song in any way, and in fact, he only put up a teaser for it on Instagram before its release. Then, soon after its release and subsequent all-kill, IU, who is a friend of Dean's, posted a cover of herself singing the song onto Instagram, which put even more ears onto it. So it just kind of, like, was a slow- not even a slow burn, honestly, it just kind of exploded. So why was the song banned, ultimately? It was banned by both NBC and KBS for mentioning Instagram throughout the track. And this is because there are regulations against brand names being mentioned in songs. And many artists actually go through the trouble of editing lyrics and then resubmitting the song for another round of deliberation. However, and I quote, in response, Dean's agency Universal Music said there are no plans to change the title of the song because of the broadcast ineligibility. And... Obviously, he wasn't going to promote it, so that's why they would do that. This literally had no effect on the song, though, and it would go on to sell over 2.5 million copies digitally. And if I remember correctly, it is still his best performing single to date. Yeah. I would have a source here, but Guyon changed their website, and I literally don't know how to use it anymore. It <laughs> is. I spent half an hour clicking around, trying to find what I needed, and I still could not, so... A source will be put eventually. <laughs> but it's a good song. <laughs> it is such a good song. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's an interview of Dean talking about this song and discussing why he chose to write it. And I'm going to link it in the script because I think it has a lot of interesting stuff in it. But one thing that really resonated with me, and I think it will resonate with a lot of other people, is the justification of, oh, the internet and social media, they have so much to offer in terms of research and information. But in the end, you know too much and feel like you'd be better off not knowing it all. And then the cycle just feels endless, you know? And I just think that it's a song that's worthy of other people's time and that you should check it out. Also, like, it was banned for such a benign reason compared to some of our other picks. So I thought I'd do, like, a dumb one in there for us. Yeah, it sometimes feels like people are picking fights just because they've got nothing else going on. Like, yes, it's their policy. As you said, it only applies to performing and promoting. And it literally doesn't apply to the situation just because the tract exists. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't even make sense to me that it would be put up for deliberation since he wasn't going to promote it. The only other reason I could think of is a lot of songs end up playing in the back of other TV shows, whether that be a K-drama or a variety show, and maybe that was part of their deliberation? Like, oh, well, we can't play this on, I don't know, two days, one night, so either you change it well, or we won't it. play it. And it's like, he doesn't care about that anyway, so he's not going to do it. 
<laughs> but yeah. Do you have anything to say, Min? Good soup. Good soup. 2015 me listen to the song on repeat, so it's good good song. 2017. I was so sure I heard you say 2015. <laughs> no, no, you were close. 2017 me listen to the song on repeat, and I still do from time to time, because it's just mm-hmm. so good. It's really chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Min, what's your first pick of the episode? My first pick is kind of an entire thing. <laughs> I cheat. Kind of. Back in 2018, Cheetah, the rapper, if you have not heard of her, released her album 28 Identity with the title track I'll Be There. And out of the 18 tracks on this album, 12 of these songs did not pass KBS's reviews and five of them were promptly banned from SBS due to vulgar language. Which is kind of hilarious to me since none of the songs on the album is rated as explicit on like Spotify or iTunes. Well, can I just make a comment here? Vulgar language does not necessarily mean swearing. Yeah. So it could be something that they deem vulgar, but you're just sitting there like, that is a stretch. (laughs) Yeah, very fair. But it's just, especially Spotify has a tendency to mark anything and everything as explicit if if they can. So I'm just like, ah, that's kind of funny. But I don't know too much. I haven't read every single lyric of all of the songs. When the results came back to Cheetah and her company, they were basically left with two choices. Either change the lyrics on especially the title track to make sure it could be promoted and possibly the rest of the tracks so that they also could be played. Or just don't do anything and release the album as is. And they ended up choosing the later option, sticking to their guns and releasing the original album, which truly was the best option since the whole album revolves around the conflicts between Cheetah the persona and Cheetah the real-life human being. So it's a very personal album to her, so being forced to change it would be rather disingenuous. This decision to keep the original as is ended up meaning that Cheetah did not promote on KBS's Music Bank or SBS's Inkigayo, the two biggest music shows that you can be on. Though she did appear on Show Champion, which is run by MBK, and M Countdown, which is from Mnet, and even on The Show, which airs on MTV Korea, which at the time of her performing it, it was then called SBS MTV, but now it's called SBS M. So she was banned from SBS main channel, but not SBS <laughs> subsidiary MTV channel. <laughs> so ridiculous. No company wide policies there, it seems. But when it comes down to like after the album's release and when you look back on it now, would 28 Identity have benefited from being on KBS and SBS? Probably in terms of sales, the album would have done better had it gotten more promotions. Because on Spotify, at least. It's the least listened to thing she has on her Spotify account. And the Mm. title track, of course, has way more listens than all of the B-sides. 
but it's not very many. She has more popular songs that have been released since, but this is her only album. So it's kind of not done great in terms of listens and engagement, but creatively it would not have benefited from being on these networks and having to be changed. Mm-hmm. So it's good in concept, bad in sales-wise, <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't know. Words hard. So it just seems like their standards were contradictory. Like, even though they are technically different platforms, there still is an inconsistency. So it must be an absolute pain to try to create music that is something that has more substance to it than just a general love song. When you've got just all these random restrictions that could come up. Yeah. Like, one show could do this, another one could not do that. It must be so draining. I was going to say, it's commendable that she stuck to her guns and decided to not change anything. But also, yeah. like, we'll see how inconsistent these people really are in the next few picks. So, <laughs> definitely. It is a trend. So, let's jump over to our final picks of the episode. Let's go into the juicy, juicy details, I guess. The next song I want to talk about is TVXQ's Juman, also known in English as Mirotic. It was released in September 2008 as the title track of the group's fourth album. It's catchy, iconic, and was performed with no issues for the first two months. Now, two months. It was circulating around, so just keep that in mind. However, on November 27, 2008, the Korean Commission of Youth Protection ruled that the title track's lyrics were too sexual or harmful, and detrimental to youths. As a result, the song was censored and the album was labeled with stickers indicating that it was restricted to people over 19 years old, among other restrictions. So what was the offensive lyric? It was the phrase, I've got you under my skin. Yep, that was it. So while SM appealed the decision, they decided to make an alternative version of the album that had a new, clean version of Miratic. Side note, at that time, there was beef going on between the Federation of Popular Culture Industries, basically entertainment industry, and the Ministry of Health and Welfare, which this committee was under. So there's a lot going around this issue at this time. Anyway, the new clean lyrics changed I've Got You Under My Skin to I've Got You Under My Sky. And there were no other changes because apparently the line nonai noi, which means you're my slave, was totally fine for the youth. And on December 10th, DBSK performed Miratic at the Mnet Golden Disc Awards where they sang Sky instead of Skin for their main performance and encore. Regardless, a few days later, on the 16th, SM filed a lawsuit against the ministry and the sole administrative court ordered the commission to lift the ban on April 1st, 2009, which would have been an excellent April Fool's joke, but it was real. This particular censorship stands out to me and many others who remember it because it's such a weird hill to die on in the context of the rest of the track. Yeah, this one has always been funny to me. I feel like when you first get into K-pop, you hear about all the big things. So like Miratic and the lyric change, that's like a big thing that happened in K-pop once upon a time, you know? So what I found out about this one, I always thought it was really funny. Partially because the new line makes no sense, but also because, as you said, there are more valid points of the song, and even some of the imagery in the music video 
that I think oh, they yeah. could have pointed to instead, which would have made more sense. Yep. But since they chose this specifically, I'm just like, y'all lost your footing. There's nothing here. That's why it kind of felt petty to me. Mm-hmm. And then with knowing that there was a kind of fight going on between the censorship and the entertainment industry, I kind of have to wonder if this was just being petty, like we're going to take out one of the biggest to right. be like, uh. But once again, it had already been in circulation for two months. Which is hilarious. No issues. Like, it had been broadcasted so much publicly. And this restricted it quite a bit. But by that point, though... It like, didn't matter. The kids have already heard it, man. <laughs> and they're bopping to it at school. <laughs> also, just the fact that it's one word. Mm-hmm. And they hung their disapproval on that one word that's in English, by the way. Not yeah. Korean. I'd understand if it was in Korean. And they're like, hey, some of our kids might not know every single word in English, but they certainly know Korean and they will know that word. But no, it's also in English. The more you think about it, the more ridiculous it is. And I could have sworn, but I couldn't find it. I could have sworn that at some point they performed and they substituted the word with scan at one point, but I couldn't find a performance for it. Interesting. And I looked at what, 16 different performances of the song? Oh my gosh. And couldn't find it, so maybe I just remember it wrong. So, JR, hopefully yours has more substance. Tell us about it. Well, I went into this one not expecting what I got out of it. (laughs) I literally was thinking this is going to take like an hour or two to write, and then it took me three days because I had so many articles to look through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my next pick is an interesting one, and I'll let you in on that in a second. But on June 20th, 2011, 2PM released their second album entitled Hands Up with the title track of the same name. Within a day of its release, it had an all kill and it would go on to do very well in terms of wins and public opinion. So JYP explained in a tweet the meaning behind the song, and I will quote, I made hands up because we were finally ready to party. Thank you, Hottest, for standing by 2PM's saddest days. As some of you may no, or maybe not, I don't know. Jay Park used to be a member of 2PM, but due to a controversy that we won't go into here because it's a whole thing, he left the group in 2010. That's a little backstory on that. Anyway, about a month after its release, the song was put up for review for the following reason, according to a Newsin article. Quote, Hands Up also contains the lyrics, let's have a drink together, one shot. In addition, there is a high risk of it being judged as harmful because 2PM members are performing toasting and drinking alcohol on stage. That was part of the choreography. The Ministry of Gender Equality released a statement confirming this, but did say the final result was not ready, unquote. So the conversation about the standards of these rulings has been questioned for years, but this song and a handful of others that had been released around the same time brought it right back into the limelight. (laughs) Joy News 24 stated, The Ministry of Gender Equality and Family judges that if the lyrics contain content that mediates harmful substances, such as alcohol and tobacco, it is considered a harmful medium. However, there are many cases where alcohol or tobacco was not judged as a harmful medium in the past. And that's the end of that quote. Like I said, this was happening to other songs. A Beast song, which had recently came out, also mentioned alcohol. It was judged as harmful very soon after, so then why is 2PM's song on standby? Why isn't it just immediately judged as harmful? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a weird disparity happening there. So fans were outraged and went to the Division's website to complain, 
And so many people went on the side at once that it just crashed because it was so congested. And I think that is hilarious. Going on, a Star Today article explained what happens if a song is deemed harmful. And I found this really interesting because a lot of times when a ban happens, we're like, oh, well, they just can't put it on TV shows. That is not true because, and I quote, if the decision is made, it is possible to listen and download online after adult verification, meaning you have to prove you're an adult in order to listen to the song. That hurts music, streaming, listening, all that stuff. And in the case of offline sales, a gold sticker that essentially states that anyone under the age of 19 cannot purchase the album. So it hurts online streaming and it hurts offline sales. I do also want to point out that this article makes a good point in that there is no evidence that this type of media is actually harmful, especially when TV shows show drinking, and that can be a much more extreme depiction of drinking than like, hey, let's take a shot, you know? Again, standard issues. (laughs) So moving along on the timeline, on the 16th of August, the song was deemed harmful, but the protests and criticism of the Ministry of Gender and equality continued to pour in, as well as lawsuits which were also taking place because of these seemingly unfair deliberations. One of these lawsuits, SM had filed, and they actually won against the ministry. The court said, unlike narcotics and hallucinogens, the phrase alcohol or drunk is not included in the music file as young people often see adults drinking alcohol at homes and restaurants, as well as in popular culture and arts such as literature and drama. It cannot be concluded that alcohol is encouraged just because it is included in the list. Yep. A lot of censorship that music and also, to an extent, video games get over this stuff tends to not reach other mediums, either due to them not being advertised as widely, or it's deemed that older mediums are kind of better, like Mm -hmm. people kind of act that way. Right. glad that they were like, this is dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Stop. (laughs) After all this, what came of it? The ministry would go on to say that they would make a more detailed way of deliberating, form an entirely new division specific to this, which would be a separate organization for judging music with a diverse range of people. They also implemented a new rating system. They would no longer use the word harmful in regards to songs and albums, and media was allowed to be put up for re-examination. Hands Up was not the only thing that like caused it, but they were a big one because 2PM is a huge group. So on October 10th, 2011, this is a, at this point like four months after its release, Hands Up had its ban lifted by the ministry. And I just think that this is a great example of people coming together against what they see as unjust and then actually making a difference because they pushed so hard. K-pop fans did that, you know? Like, they made a point of changing censorship laws. I just think that's really cool. Also, side note, there is a parody song about the controversy. I have it linked. It's a really long Korean name. I don't think I want to try it right now. But it takes lyrics from the songs that were judged as harmful and it puts them all together into one song. And I just think it's so clever. I'm pretty sure the link I put up, it at the very least has the names of the songs in it. I don't think it has the lyrics itself written out in the song. But yes, I highly suggest looking at that video. Do you have anything to add? Uh, Also a good song. I don't know. It's a hot mess. Hot mess. Yeah. 
Well, why don't we finish off the episode with your final yeah. pick? Yeah. Lastly, we're going to talk about a song, or rather an album, that is seen as one of the catalysts for changing Korean pre-censorship laws. Though this is going to be a very, very condensed version of the story, because this was in the late 90s, and a lot, and I mean a lot of other things, were happening in the background at the same time. So to be able to get the full context of everything that went down... It's just not something that I have the emotional capacity to do right now, so we're going to simplify. <laughs> so, the story I'm gonna tell is not the entire reason of why things got changed, but a lot of people see it as one of the big factors in things getting changed. That makes sense. But let us go back to the golden year of 1995, when Sota G and his boys released their fourth album called so to GM Boys, the fourth album, with Come Back Home being their title track, and fans were absolutely hyped about this album getting released. And when the fans finally got their hands on this record and put it in to play it to listen to their tunes, all was good, all was well, until song number five came on, and something was wrong. This was halfway through the album, and suddenly... There's just a track that there is no lyrics to. It's just an instrumental, and it's very clear that it's supposed to be some song here, but it's just an instrumental. Outrage. That was outrage. People were not pleased with this, because they paid for an album with all the songs, and there was just an instrumental for one of the songs. It turns out that before the album was released, the Korean Ethics Committee for Performing Arts, today known as the Korea Media Rating Board, rejected the song Regret of the Times, or Shide Yugam. Thank you. That song was rejected due to the lyrics that could be read as criticizing the government. The lyrics in question were, if translated into English, something along the lines of Gone is the area of honest people. I wish for a new world that will overturn everything. I hope that I can avenge the grudge in my heart. Very criticizing of the government, that is. And Sotiji, being the petty king that he is, decided that no, he will not change the lyric that he wrote and would just release the album anyway. And instead of removing the song from the album, because that's not what he wanted, he just put in the instrumental instead, and that's how it got released. <laughs> so, in 1996, the pre-censorship system was abolished, and a full month after this rule's abolishment, Soteji released the EP Regret of the Times, featuring the original version of the song so that fans could enjoy it in all its glory. Today, with the power of streaming platforms, you can actually listen to the entirety of Sota GM Boys 4 as it was intended to be, something which you could not do back in 1995. I didn't write any wise, like, ending notes, because I'm not that inclined with the words as you two are. It's a hot mess <laughs> of the story. <laughs> and also, as a side note, in 2017, Dreamcatcher did a cover of Regret of the Times, and it's great. And yes, they did not change the lyrics, because why would they? peak k-pop cover that is i like this song because it sounds like the perfect summer release anyway and i felt like it was like a good technically final release for the group because 
first of all, this re-release happened in summer, so it was like a couple months out from it. But also, though, Sochi G and Boyce had disbanded months before this decision reversal came down, and they released this anyway. So fans were like, oh, we lost our group, and then you get this. That must have been so nice to have that. It's like, oh, I get this, even though I've been very sad to be without the boys. can finally listen to the song on my own terms. Mm Mm-hmm. The way it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. So TG put so much into those songs that pulling something out, it's like, well, then you're missing part of the story that he's trying to tell you. So good for him. Yeah, like say what you will yeah. about him, but he's good at telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> I also love it when fans do stuff like this because I feel like it throws out some of the more petty negative arguments around fandoms because changing laws is a pretty big deal and obviously they had a hand in this specific change yeah and it's nice that we're seeing a law change that affects k-pop that isn't due to something absolutely horrendous that sm did True. Yeah. like normally when laws change with that stuff it's because sm did something and it became big news and legislators went oh no we have to get involved now yeah it's so unthinkable today that somebody would be like oh your song is censored and then they would just release the album without the song and just put an instrumental that's nobody would do that today yeah that wouldn't happen now yeah well also i think it's hilarious because that the censorship laws got changed and hot debuted and it's like we are going to carry the baton and we are going to go forth and make such horrendous music (laughs) (laughs) which you guys said before we're going to sort of pile on and it's gonna take a couple years to get to our maximum height but we're gonna get there and be very noisy but i like though that we ended on a song that came out the earliest because then you could kind of see a trend in the years and how it went from the 90s all the way up until recent years just how things have changed yet still stay the same in some ways like back then people were censoring stuff that was oh no this is too violent or too questionable but nowadays it's like you said instagram and you weren't even promoting but you released it how so very dare how dare you you can't do that to wrap up these censored songs are some of our favorites but there are many more out there to talk about Sometimes songs get banned because of inclusion of curse words and violence, but quite a bit of it is over small things, and the censorship ends up getting criticized later. So the next time you hear about a song being controversial to the point of being censored or banned, we recommend that you look at why it's happening and specifically who is upset with it. But that's it for today. JR, take it away. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSunbase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out on October 16th, 2022. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong. <laughs>